Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nast invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nast. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in this world, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. I have a very special, special guest today. Um, I've been watching her story because we belong to the same network. And let me tell you, I wouldn't want to make her bad because she just doesn't play around like that. You know what I mean? Like, no, she's and I don't mean that in a bad way. She just she has an amazing story that I want everybody here Definitely how she's overcome her challenges in her life to now owning a roofing company and being, you know, a mother, now a new wife, right? Extraordinaire. Yeah. And um, she's just killing it. So uh, what I like to do, Silberia, is have you introduce yourself, who you are, what it is you do, and then we're going to rock and roll. Yeah. So thank you for for having me on, um, Silberia Duran. And everybody calls me Sil. Um, so I just like to be, I, it's interesting about my name. Like I, I want everybody to know my full name, but I'm okay <laughs> with them calling me still. I used to get upset when people would introduce me as still. I'm like, no, my name is Silveria, but you can call me still. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Silveria Duran, you can call me still. And, um, I own uh red bottom roofing. I love it. And, and that's in Texas, correct? Yep. Located in Frisco, Texas. Awesome. Um, and and the reason I asked uh, my audience, you guys listening out there in the audience, uh, asked her to come and be a guest is she's got a crazy story. Not a crazy, but just one of that really fits with this show, right? And what I want my audience to learn is that no matter what challenges you go through, um, you can overcome them, right? And as long as you don't quit, you can become successful. And so Silveria, go back as far as you want i mean you don't have to go back was like i was born in 19 blah 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 but you know what i mean like what was your childhood like um and what were some of those challenges that you had to overcome right to get to where you are today yeah so born and raised in mckinney texas and i'm one of six kids um i grew up with four brothers and one sister um my parents were um they're originally from like South Central Texas around uh, the San Antonio area, hill country, we call it here, um, moved up into North Texas in the 70s. And um, yeah, my dad was mostly for the most of his life was a, um, a day laborer. Um, and, you know, mom stayed home for a few years and went to school and got her associate's degree um, while we were all really little. So six kids and she was working and going to school. And so um, I think as I look back, I definitely get my work ethic um, from both of my parents and just watching the struggles that that they work through to provide. Um, so I definitely get that from them. So one of six kids, um, we're, we're all still pretty close. Um, we all live relatively close to one another as well. Uh, my dad, it's interesting. Um, it just just reminded me. So tomorrow will be his um, his death anniversary. He died April 15th of 2009. And um, so uh, so dad has passed, but and my mom is still living. And um, again, just kind of when I reflect back on my childhood, uh, the early years, um, I definitely remember the work ethic and you know how difficult that was 
you know, as an adult, you know, you look back and like, wow, your parents worked really hard to, to do what they did once you have a family. And, um, you know, I definitely appreciate them for that and, and getting that. Yeah, you know, I also look back in my childhood and my mom, who was definitely the spiritual leader of our household. I'm so grateful that, you know, I can't imagine. Actually, I do imagine because I go through it every Sunday with my kids. It's like, get your shoes on, get your socks. We got to go to church. We don't want to go to church. It doesn't matter. You got to go to church. Just right. One day a week, just ask you to go. To church. And I'll never, my mom used to do that with us every Sunday. And we were born and raised Catholic. I'm now non-denominational, but born and raised Catholic. And my mom every Sunday was extremely devout. And I so appreciate that because she created that foundation within us. Um, and I look back and see how important that is. And, you know, over the years, and, and we'll get to part of my story and part of my testimony, and I can look back and see that even when I didn't recognize it, that God was working in my life. Um, and so I appreciate that she she set and created that foundation with, I mean, she would tote all six of us kids to a Catholic mass every Sunday. Um, I was telling my my husband the other day, we were in church and my now 11 year old, like, you know, he's like, uh, I want to sit like during worship and things like that. Like he'll sit down and kind of slump over. I'm like, nope, get up. Like to me, it's, and I just explained to him, I'm like, it's extremely honoring to stand during those times. And it's right. honoring to stand you know, when the, the man of the house comes in as far as the preacher and, you know, it's just an honorable thing to do. And I'd explain to him, I was like, you don't understand in Catholic church, we didn't get to stand. You had to be on your knees. Like, right. we were, you know, <laughs> my mom made sure because we would complain just as much. And she would tell, oh, nope, you got to kneel. You got to kneel. Like, and we, I was like, so you actually have it way easier than we did. Um, right. So, but, you know, so those are, those are a couple of things that I look back on my childhood and that I'm super grateful for that, that they instilled in us and, and what the foundation that they created. Isn't that like now that we look back, right. As adults, as parents, right. And I used to do the same thing, like, come on, I don't want to do that stuff, you know, like, come on. Right. But I were, I know, right. Cause my dad wasn't around when I was younger, they divorced early, but I know my work ethic came from my mom. Cause I watched that lady bust her, but to make sure that my little brother and I, you know, I had clothes on our back, but we never lived growing up. I never lived in an apartment. It was always a house. Right. And she was a single mother, but there's seven of us. There's five of us left now, but Growing up, there was seven, but my older siblings were all out of the house, right? They're all mm -hmm. older and, and we're gone. So uh, a lot of the stuff we learned was from mom and, and she played dad and, you know, and mom roles and, uh, but she didn't, there was one thing I got to say, she didn't really like, she let us choose our path when it came to church and, and spirituality and religion, right? Yeah, she was born and raised Catholic, but we went to non-denominational churches or she had friends pick us up and take us to church. Um, <clears throat> but I learned my spirituality from that lady. Cause just watching her, you know, during rough times, I would catch her in the room on her knees praying or, you know what I mean? Like I just yeah. knew she believed in God and, and she just showed it in her own way and she never made us go to church. Um, yeah. But it, it's amazing how, we grow to be like our parents, right? Because at one point we right. don't like we don't. I'm not going to be like you, mom. And then I'll tell my oh. kids something or my grandkids, and, oh. and I'm like, oh my god, I just I'm like mom, like through and through, you know. But those well, are I remember in my twenties, yeah, my twenties. Right. I remember I called my parents. I'm like, y'all were right. 
y'all are right. I'm so sorry. Like <laughs> I, right. I acted like I knew everything. Y'all were so right. <laughs> and those are those humbling moments, right? When we tell our mom or yeah. dad, you know, you guys were so right. Like, what'd you say? Like, can we hear that a little louder? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell yeah. us some uh, more. Yeah. So you, you're, you're growing up in church with mom, you know, and you're learning, you know, how to have good work ethic through mom and dad, right? Because you know, we we realize because now we are the same way, right? That we want better for our children, right? We want to give them more than we were given, right? And we know that our parents wanted more than they were given. And it's just a a thing that right. we do as parents, right? And, and and grandparents definitely want more. I want them to have the world, you know, and I want to spoil them. And but right. so your childhood sounds like it's a pretty, pretty good childhood, right? You got your brothers, sisters. Your mom and dad. We, we, you know, we came, I guess the nice way to say it is we came from humble beginnings. Um, (laughs) uh, Somebody asked me one time, what's a humble beginnings? I was like, we were poor. That's, we were poor. That was it. (laughs) Um, For a long time, it was, you know, there's a family of eight on one income from coming from my dad. Um, And, you know, so we were, we were very poor. Um, You know, I remember. It's funny we make we make my when me and my siblings get together we talk about not like having wish meat sandwiches you wish you had meat <laughs> <Right>. we, <laughs> so we would I would literally make like a mayonnaise sandwich or something but um, every day consisted of you know beans and tortillas my mom would you know roll out uh, you know tortillas every single day and so I just remember we grew up very poor we grew up with one vehicle and you know my parents would share it. So I remember my mom would get up, she would take dad um, to, she drop him off at work. That might be, you know, 20 minutes away, come back. um, And just now reflecting back on everything that she tried to manage while dad was at work and with one vehicle and same thing, like you mentioned, like we'd have, you know, teammates come pick us up for a softball game or my brother's playing soccer, things like that. Um, And so the childhood was good. It was but again, just very, we grew up with nothing. And as big as a family as we were, we really just had each other. Um, so we didn't have many other family members around. Our, my grandparents lived on both sides, lived five hours away um, from where my parents were originally from. And so um, we also were very, you know, we took care of each other as well. So even the sibling dynamic, um, I know for me, I was I was very responsible. Three of my brothers are younger than me. And so I was responsible for, you know, caring for them while mom and dad are at work. And, you know, it's just especially in the Mexican culture, that's very right. common. Right. You know, that the kids are taking care of one another. And so so I was definitely, you know, me and my sister, but I was definitely responsible for. I mean, I'm I'm changing my brother's diapers when I was, gosh, I don't know, nine, ten years old. Um, helping, you know, I'd get them dressed in the morning, things like that. So um, childhood was good. Um, then when I got into my teenagehood, um, that's where life definitely, definitely changed. Um, so I was um, 15 and I got pregnant and um, with my daughter. That's her right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got, uh, got pregnant with my daughter at 15 years old and, um, I'll tear up. I always do. Um, and, uh, my parents looked me in the eyes and told me to pack my bags 
and they were chopping me off with the baby daddy. Um, I think the reason I tear up about that right now is because now that I'm in my 40s and I've done a lot of work and growing and mm -hmm. through counsel and spiritual, and I look back and I can see where that was a very pivotal point in my life of my self-worth. Um, I realized that at that moment, it was almost like being thrown out like trash. And that was, I, I also know that that was not my parents' intent, right? So right. their intent was never, you know, I think they were doing all that they knew to do, right? right. And so growing up, you know, going back to generational you know, and how people responded. I think right. the only way that they knew how to respond was you're, you're on your own now. You're a big girl. Like we have right. other children to take care of. And so, so yeah, so they told me to pack my bags and that they would drop me off. And so they dropped me off with the baby daddy who that household wasn't very fond of me either. <laughs> so, so here I am now. It's like, you know, leave one place to another that's super uncomfortable. And, you know, the, the parents on that side were like, you can't stay here. Um, so fast forward a little bit, we ended up getting an apartment and we lived with each other for about a year. And then it was just, it was just all wrong. All of it, you know, again, now I'm, I'm right. 16. I have a baby. Um, I, I graduated high school a year early because I just knew I was like, well, this is I'm gonna have to get out of here. It's the best right. thing for me to do. So graduated a year early. And um, so my daughter, she's now 26. And she's absolutely amazing. But that's kind of where um, the biggest part of maybe, I guess, for this show today, <laughs> that's probably where one of the biggest parts of my my journey began. And I remember when it all happened, I'll never forget having this mindset of, I didn't expect anybody to help me take care of her. You know, right. I, I made the decision, right? I put myself here and I wasn't expecting anybody to help me. And so, you know, for the longest time, and I still at this point, you know, I don't, my parents did what they thought was the right thing to do. Um, and at the time, I thought it was too. I think that there was a lot of shit for me. It created a whole lot of shame in me. Right. Um, you know, because again, when you're just like, well, hey, you got to leave, like you, you've effed up that bad, you got to go now. Um, right. So I carried a lot of that shame for a really long time. And um, uh, so yeah, so then, and really, it was just she and I for a really long time. Um, you know, for about 14 years, I was a single mom with her. And um, I didn't finish college. I ended up in the corporate world and and building my way up the corporate ladder in banking. And, um, you know, then, uh, then 2008 happened, 2009, <laughs> where the everything just crashed. Yeah. And, you know, banks weren't lending anymore. And, you know, so they I got laid off. And, um, so that kind of enters into the the next part of of my journey and my story, but um, but yeah. So I look back on you know childhood. It's so interesting and sad, really, right? I didn't have much of a childhood. I grew up really, really fast. Right. Um, part of that was even prior to being pregnant as a teenager. Part of that was just in my family dynamic and being responsible for helping care for the family. And there's a lot of that that I really appreciate. And there's real beauty in that as well. Absolutely. Um, right. Because it gives you yeah. that sense. That that's when you know there's community because you're helping take care 
right? Mm -hmm. And one, I have to say thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that part, right? Because it's hard. I get it. Because you remind me of my sister and the stories I've heard. My sister who has passed from Parkinson's, right? Her and my brother-in-law were married young at 16, right? They ended up having five boys, but my mom was the same way. If my, my, my mom said she would come home from work, right? And there would be my sister at the apartment sitting on the stairs with a suitcase, right? My mom would walk up, grab the suitcase, put it in the car, grab her and put her in the car and said, you wanted to do this. This is now, right? And, um, but that's, yeah. see, that's now I know where my sister, well, all my sisters, but especially her and my mom are the most alike, right? Where the toughness, like they didn't take, my sister had five boys and every summer when we were younger, my brother and I would go. So she'd have seven of us, right? We didn't get to argue about what we want for dinner. It's whatever she cooked, right? <laughs> we could never sit around. And I would always tease her like, okay, mom. And she would look at me like, you want me to be like mom? And so here's my thing, right? What I'm getting at is that's whether you realize it back then, but now that's where the strength starts to come in because you realize I made a decision, right? I have this right. child now. Now I get to decide am I it's going to break me or make me. And I'm going to and what I see and what I've heard from you, right? And in, in, in our group is it made you because it it, you know, even though the parents like my mom would have did this, she did that with a lot of my brothers and sister. I heard they messed up. They were like, go to your dad's, right? Like you know, <laughs> and uh I think that's just that age group, that generation, right? They, I think that what was ever passed on instead of like say you and I. I wouldn't react so quickly and go pack your bags you're out we'd have that sit yeah. down and go right because i heard something and here's and this came from a gang member right i was watching this video he said and, and i shared this before he said i used to think i was a product of my environment but when i realized i was a product of my decisions and today i get mm -hmm. to make better decisions right so but he's but what he said though is those those decisions he made that got him in trouble and stuff over the years, right? He learned and actually decided to turn his life around and go, okay, I got to do you turn and go back the other way because, right? And you being a young single mother, I mean, you could probably, we could probably spend hours just talking about when you had your child, you know, till now and, yeah. you know, as her growing up as a teenager yeah. and, right? Yeah. Well, very similar for, well, and for her, so her dad was never around. I mean, he just, it, he just didn't stick around. So, you know, she grew up like truly just the two of us. Um, right. He wasn't around in any form or fashion and to help or anything. And so, you know, she and I even talk a lot. It, it's interesting. So while I was raising her, I was, I was very intentional and very honest with her. And, you know, I would tell her, you know, and I, I wasn't trying to, um, speak negative life into this but i also needed her to understand that when you get older there's going to be issues underlying issues that you're not even aware of abandonment right. issues mm. you know and i didn't want to freak her out <laughs> but right. um but it's true you know and then as i was raising her um you know i again just being very intentional and she and i would talk and i said listen 
you know, statistics show that because you came out, you know, you came out of a family of a, a teenage mom, you're likely to be a teenage mom. Statistics show that you come from a broken home, you're more likely to do that. Like I was, I would just show her and explain the, st- the statistics and I would tell her, don't be, don't be another one. Um, and so just, I was always really, you know, honest with her and, and intentional with my parenting with her. And, you know, and here she is now. She, you know, she was amazing. She went to college in Arkansas. She's graduated. She works for Walmart corporate now and living her best life. (laughs) Um, but you know, during all that, while, you know, we really, we really truly were, were growing up together, the two of us. Um, and, but yeah, you I, did something different, right? There's a lot of, I'm sure you've heard it too, right? You could have went the opposite way and right. You've heard teenage mothers and dads or whatever going, you know, the drug route and not handling it or whatever. You, you chose to be proactive and have those conversations with your daughter, which, you know, warms my heart. Cause you know, if I had anything, if I could go back and tell my younger self, I might've did something different, right? Mm-hmm. Do I have any regrets? Absolutely not, right? Because it made me into the person I am today. But, you know, there was things I wish I could have done different, right? Because I followed this, my path was this, you know, and mine's worse because I say, at least my dad, his job took him away from me, right? Like his job, my addiction took me away from my kids for like nine years. And I could literally still be in the house next door and be so guilt and shame ridden that right but now right i look and now i use that as lessons that i can teach my kids and some of them are a chip off the old block no matter because they've only seen now a sober dad for almost 20 years right they've never seen me drunk or loaded but they try to bring up the past well you you were too little you don't even remember that stuff right right but hearing you share that right and and that's and I'm sure your daughter, if she was sitting next to you, would point at you and say, this is a big reason I am where I am today because of my mother right here, right? Because you had those discussions with her and being open and honest, right? And, you know, I'm getting teary-eyed too because I think about that stuff, right? And and it's people like you who are my heroes, right, that show me that no matter what they went through, they were going to take care of that child and they were going to do the best. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But that's why you're here today, right? Because I think you're a rock star and I think you have a story to share with people out in my audience that are going through struggles, right? And and you said a big part of it is just being open and honest and communicating with the people around you so they know, right? Because we didn't always get that, right? I don't know about your parents. Mine was like very like, don't my uncles and stuff like hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. If we don't talk about it, right. nobody's ever going to yeah. know, right? And and yeah. that's... <laughs> Start no shit, won't be no shit. <laughs> Absolutely, right? So now we come along and we're like, well, we're going to tell the whole world, right? Because we're going to figure out how to fix this, right? Right. Yeah, no. And, and the, you know, again, going back to our parents who were just that hardcore, it's like, hey, get your stuff and go. Like it just, it, but they were doing all that they knew, you right. know? And so I reached a point in my life that, you know, there's more, you know, to my my story, but I had reached a point in my life where I'm like, whatever this is, isn't working and I don't want to repeat it. And I I had to start digging really deep in, in, you know, I I had to learn my parents. I had to learn what their upbringing was like. Um, So my mom's mom, who is my, who I was named after, she was shot and killed, murdered when my mom was six years old. And so I had to go that far back. 
I'm like, okay, well, you got to learn, you know, and then that's where the grace and mercy came in. You know, when I started to understand why they did what they did or how they respond, how they respond, it's like, okay, well, they were just doing what was passed on to them. And then understanding like, what, what could that even be like? you know, for your mother to be murdered and they grew up in a small town. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on about what I, what I was able to process and put together with all that information. And then things started to make sense. And I'll never forget one day, somebody, I was sharing this story about, you know, my parents kicking me out when I was a teenager and pregnant. And they asked me, they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, how long has it been since you talked to them? You probably don't talk to them anymore. And I've, it was so, I, I was like, no, I, I love my parents. I see them every weekend. What do you mean? Like, I, I love them. And it just never had dawned on me that I was supposed to be mad at them for that. Because my whole life, I thought, well, it's my fault. I'm the one to blame. Shame on me. You know, shame on me that I did that to begin with. Why would I be right. mad at them? And even till this day, I, I'm not mad at them. I love them. I can see how that obviously led to some decisions in my life and how I responded to things. But I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not mad at them. Like why they're, they're just, they're doing all that they know. And, and I still love them for that. Absolutely. Like they say, right. They only know what they know and they were taught and they only just carried on what they were taught. Right. And I did that when I got sober, I did the same thing you did, right. I did my investigation, right. And I find out that there's addiction on both sides of my family, really deep right as well as anxiety and depression and you know like for instance on my dad's side i have a cousin in australia got so depressed when he got better he became a psychiatrist now he helps people with depression right mm-hmm. my dad was an alcoholic i found out my mom's biological father who died when she was young was an alcoholic and a drug addict right but it wasn't like me where i went and started recreational using drug he was a prisoner of war in japan and was shot so back in those days they just took the bullet out and said here's morphine if it hurts, yeah. take it, right? They didn't they didn't say you're gonna get addicted to this in a few, you know, in a couple of weeks, you might get addicted. So be careful. Right. Yeah. And so I, I was the same way. I used to I grew up like angry at my mom, and you know what I mean? Like this is all her fault. And and I because I remember one time I was sitting in the car with her and, and she like smacked me upside the head. And I'm like, what was that for? She goes, could you look like that look you got? You look just like your dad. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? I go, that's what I told. I almost got in trouble. I go, that's why I'm going to turn out like that because you keep doing yeah. that stuff, right? <laughs> but my mom and I ended up having a really, really good relationship, you know, until she passed away. And, um, you know, uh, but hearing you talk, right? I wish... I'm not going to, how do I do this? These millennials, maybe, right? This entitlement that I see has come about so much, right? I wish they could understand that we are trying to break that cycle and do things different so that they have a better future, right? Yeah, right. And like we're talking, right? Do the work. Don't be afraid to do the work. Go out and bust your butt. It's a reason you own a company, right? And you're successful because you didn't sit on the, you're not sitting like at your TV playing a game going, oh, hold on. I'll be right there. You know what I mean? I got to kill one more alien mom. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> um, so all that, you know, with what our parents, you know, again, just the, uh, the decisions of, hey, you just have to go and figure it out yourself. There was, when I look back, I'm like, well, 
part of that sucked. They they did it, and part of it, I'm grateful that they that they did that right. as well because Absolutely. it did. It forced us into you know figuring it out, right? And now I've 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 looked back on my life, and I'm like, my whole life has been figured it out, you know. And you know, not until recently, you know, I was telling my my husband, I said, for the first time in my life, I'm not in survival mode. And this, it's so foreign to me. Um, I'm like, I, it's just, it's foreign and I'm not in survival mode. It's like my whole life I've been in survival mode. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, so a part of it, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, that, that it happened, um, because it did, it forced me to be who I am now. And, right. you know, I know that I got that toughness in me. I know that I've got that don't quit in me because I can't. Like right. I just had the mindset of I can't, you know, I, I just, I can't, you know, um, that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> she is a tough cookie. And let me tell you, everybody. So, but first I want to say congratulations on your new marriage uh, to you Thank and your you. new husband. Um, and yeah. she's tough. Cause let me tell you why I got to watch her video. She did the other day about the ladder, you know, and she was on a, you know, the <laughs> roof, but see here, she's smart. <laughs> Where I might have been up there and go, darn, I'm going to be stuck for a while, right? Because I probably wouldn't have looked over to the neighbors and thought, oh, they got ladders. Help me out. But that was so awesome. So, yeah. right? That's <laughs> how we do it, right? We think on our feet and some, we can't let little things like that trip us up, right? And and it's kind of metaphor for life, right? And, and you know, as well as like anybody I've interviewed, you've been through those challenges and some of the toughest probably than any of us, right? So what led you, you know, you're okay. So you have a, you have a good childhood, right? You're learning about spirituality, religion, mom and dad are taking care of you. Now you're a parent young, right? And what made you decide, like, I'm going to own a company. I'm going to be a boss. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, nobody grows up saying, oh, I want to be a roofer when I grow up. <laughs> right. um, it definitely wasn't me. Maybe that maybe some of those are out there. Um, you know, I, again, so while I was raising Mariah, I, I was in the banking world and this will be a long story to get to the, to get to the, the punchline. Right. But, um, so 2009 happens, I get laid off, banks weren't lending money anymore. And so I couldn't even find something in the same industry, you know, because of the, 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 the economy, what happened again, nobody was hiring. All of my friends were being laid off from their banks. And right. so, um, about a year. So I start dating a guy and about a year later we marry and these two boys right here behind me. Um, so those two were born, uh, within that marriage and, um, it, it ended about eight years, seven or eight years later. And, um, yeah, parts of me still want to tiptoe around my story, but, um, it's kind of like it's kind of the same thing with my past. It's like I I've forgiven these people, so right. I have to share the story in order to to share the testimony. Um, so we I I separate, and I just said, hey, we need to we need to separate. This is really bad. There was um, there was addictions going on. It was just a lot of a lot of stuff that went on in in that right. marriage, and um, I had been growing through that time. So back in two thousand eleven, I believe um 2011 or 12 i started i started seeking counseling because there were a lot of things going on that i i finally had to stop blaming why are right. you treating me this way why do you speak to me this way and finally it was like 
And I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit. But finally, it was like, no, Sil, why are you allowing it? Yeah. Where in your life did you just start shutting up? Like, where in your life did you lose your voice? Like, so it was such another pivotal moment in my life where I'm like, okay, you you know, you know the saying, people only treat you the way you let them treat you. Right. And so I'm like, it's not, I can't blame anymore. Now, it's not right to treat people that way. But at the same time, why are you standing in it? Why are you okay with this? Why are you crying yourself to sleep every night? Why, where's your voice? So I start, you know, I start my, my counseling journey and... And during all that, I would, I would even ask him, I was like, Hey, come with me. We need to do this together. Right. We need right. to, if this thing is going to work, we better do it together. Right. And I, till this day in every relationship, I, I tell everybody when one person starts growing, you better grow together. Cause if not, you grow apart. Those are the only two options. Either right. you grow together or you grow apart. So fast forward years later, we grew apart. Right. And so in the midst of learning all that, in the midst of showing up every single week at council, and I'm just like, I'm trying to implement these new things and how to communicate because I, you know, I wasn't perfect either. Right. Within within the the, the marriage, I wasn't perfect. I was communicating right. with them in a way that I remember growing up. Right. right. Which is <laughs> raise our voice at each other. You know, who can get bigger and badder in the room. Right. And, and again, even that I'm like, <laughs> you got to learn something new. Like, you, right. you know, even if this doesn't work, if you don't do something different here, you're going to take it to the next one. So in the midst of that, I started growing and, you know, through the marriage, I start growing and it was so hard. It's so difficult to grow when somebody else isn't. And you're trying to implement these things. And I would go back every week. I'm like, Susie, it's not working. Susie, it's not what her name's Susie. <laughs> and I tell her all the time, Jesus and Susie save my life. But I would tell her, like, Susie, it's not working. She's like, you know, because she's helping me learn how to communicate, have your voice. If somebody's putting you down or they're ver- verbally abusing you or you, whatever, that you you have the ability to stand in and, and say, hey, we're not going to do this when we're both able to come back and discuss this like civil human beings, you know, and I would I would attempt that. Right. And the more I attempted to to implement these really positive things, I mean, the louder and bigger and bullier he got. And it was just like I was I was actually getting scared. I'm like, OK, part of me felt like, whoa, this is working. Like and then part of me was like, I'm really scared right now. And it was a really it was eye opening. It was very difficult. I look back and I'm like, wow, for me, I'm like the courage that I had to do that and to stand in that and to to watch it play out that, you know, what growth can really look like and to watch it play out how growth can really be scary to people. Yeah. Like they're afraid of it. Like it's like, yeah. you know, well, who the hell do you think you are growing and shit? Like, yeah. like, you know, like no, this is, it's a right. really good thing to try it. Like this right. is really awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. And so, so I start growing in the midst of that. And then you fast forward and then the day came, I'm like, Hey, now, not only was I trying to, now it's now it's holding me back. I'm like, I'm growing. I want you to do it with me. It's not happening. It's right. complete chaos and toxic and all this stuff going on. And I'm like, hey, we need to separate. And he said, fuck you. I pay the bills. You can leave. And I said, okay. I said, I'm no longer afraid of that anymore. Hmm. I said, so I've already called my sister and my brother-in-law and they have a couch that we can sleep on. 
He said, me and the boys are going to go and we're going to stay there. And that was, it, there was this, you know, divorce will be one of the hardest things you ever go through. Doesn't matter how great people are like, oh no, we're, you know, it's amicable and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, honestly, when people say they don't have a problem with it, I actually worry about them. I'm know, like, right. Because, <laughs> right. Because it should be this roller coaster, even if you know it wasn't supposed to be, we weren't supposed to be with each other. Like, and maybe I'm just a deep feeler, but right. it's also like this. There's emotion that comes with that, right? Even if you know it shouldn't have worked out, but there's a sense of failure. There's a mm. sense of, you know, the the stigma of, oh my gosh, I'm a divorcee now. And what am I, you know, how do I tell people that? And people <laughs> right. feel some type of way about that. And, you know, so I'm like, if you don't, if you're just like, oh, that's the best thing. Cool. Like, let's go. I'm like, something's wrong there. Like there should have been some feelings within that. I think right. that's just, you know, it's no, very, and you're, you're right. Cause I mean, that's a major life event, right? And I'm sure there are people that realize and then amicably go, yeah, you're right. Maybe we're better friends than we were husband and wife, right? But it's tough, especially when you got two children involved, right? Uh, and I remember going through mine, but I had no tools back then. I just crumbled, right? And that's, yeah. but, um, you know, yeah. that that's such a life experience, like you said, you know, when you're growing, it's either, it's kind of like parallels what they teach me in my program, right? In the, the 12 step, like you either grow or you go, right? You're either yeah. going to do these steps. You're going to learn how to be a better human being and help a lot of others along the way, or you're going to go back out there and, and yeah. you know, and hopefully you'll make it back. But, yeah. but that's like, if you think about it now, and I'm sure you do, right? That's great training ground what you're about to become and that's an owner of a company because you're going to have so many different personalities you have to deal with and you know right. as well it's as definitely. getting the business going and stuff you got people you got to have help you get this going uh tell us about that a little bit silveria how you know after your divorce and stuff like okay i don't need you anymore i'm gonna go start a company well, it didn't start right away. So right. me and my boys went through a, a point where we were homeless <clears> and we didn't have any I, I had no money. I had nothing. I hadn't been working. I was a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, I don't, what am I going to do? Um, right. Sleeping on my sister's couch. I'm definitely not somebody who's a, a mooch. I'm like, I don't want <laughs> my sister. I can't pay you anything. And so it, it was, so we were homeless. And then about a year later, I got accepted into, um, it's called Shiloh Place. And it's located here in North Texas. And it's basically, it's not exactly a women's shelter. Um, it's a women's program where they um, help you. They basically offer like a 600 square foot apartment. Like we were sleeping on bunk beds. And right. it was just the happiest day ever. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh, we got our own little place. And so we got accepted. They help pay for childcare. Um, it's basically, they you know, they help you start budgeting again, they help you find employment and right. just a way to kind of catapult you back into society. And so, so we did, so we were there for another year. And then I started to get back into the workforce. Um, and I, I, I landed this one job and got back into the workforce and wasn't making a whole lot. Um, and I felt I just, I just knew it wasn't for me. I'm like, okay, I, I just, I don't know. I was thankful. I was like, God, thank you that, that I landed this job and this is right. great. And, you know, I have fought back. I have fought through and walked through hell, um, hell, um, during those years. Um, and I look back and I'm like, here's what I knew though. 
I remember sitting with my pastor and I said, listen, I've got nothing. I'm broke. I don't have a job. I don't know how to put gas in, in my tank. I said, but I have such peace right now. I said, I just, I'm at peace. And he said, still, that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I said, that's where I'm at. I just feel it. I'm just free. And so, you know, I walked through all of that. And then early 2020, um, you know, my brother said, hey, I'm going to start a roofing company. You should come help me build it. We can build it together. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know anything about roofing. Like I know it goes on top of the house. Right. And I can <laughs> that's it. That That's all I knew. And so we had a few discussions and I jumped on board and I just completely immersed myself in it. I reached out to people in the industry. Uh, about a year and a half later, I got into Apex and there's some phenomenal you know, guys that are in, in roofing in the home service business. And I just started to really like use my resources. And, you know, I also look back and, and I had been creating a network of people. So I also coach spin classes, indoor spin classes, and I've been oh. doing that for years. And through the midst of that, over the last 10 years, I started to build a network of people through that. And here we are now. And all these people who have been following me, they love sales classes. And, right. and so now I'm like, okay, God, I, I was creating that network for another reason. I thought one day I'd, I would own my own spin studio. Right. And I started creating this following of network of people. And now I see I'm like, well, God, God had a different plan. Right. So, you know, so I, I, I started with my brother a few years ago. And then back in December, um, I decided that I was going to start my own roofing company. So um, Red Bottom Roofing is, you know, it's still still very brand new um, for for me. Right. But you're out there. I mean, everybody, you got to understand. I watch this lady, right? Because I'm an observer of people, especially in our network, right? Because, right, it's like anything on on social media, right? You don't know who you're talking to until you actually get to know them. So that's why. Right. But I... From hearing from other people who have gotten to know you, right? And I don't know why it took me so long to reach out to you and ask to come be a guest. But I watched your videos, your lives and stuff. And she is not afraid to get dirty, everybody. Like she'll sit there and pull roof with any of them. So, but that's how, right? I think that's how you get the best workers and stuff, right? Because if they see the boss out there getting dirty, they're going to be like, we, we can't let her or him show us up. We got to go out there and do some work too. But that's how you create that that positive work environment when they know it it starts from the top down, right? And vice versa, right? And that anybody, um, and like you said, that spin class, that's funny that you mentioned it because we were driving, my wife and I were driving into town the other day and there's this new spin class going on and she's like, I'm going to go do that, right? Like, I'm going to go get my sweat because we drove by on the way home from the store. It was all fogged up from a, from the sweat. And she goes, yeah. that's what I need. And I go, so we got this Peloton for nothing. No, we're still going to use that in our garage, <laughs> but I'm going to a spin class, right? But but just hearing your story inspires me and I'd hope it inspires you audience, right? That don't ever, what I heard is, you never gave up on yourself. Yeah, you had your right. moments. You had those times where, of course, cry, let it out. But you get back up and you keep going, right? It's like that famous Rocky movie where he says, it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how many times you get up and you keep moving forward, right? And yeah. right, and that's why um, I do this podcast because I get to meet and interview yeah. you know, amazing people like yourself. 
So now I get to get into the questions I like to ask, right? So leading up to what we've talked about, your, you know, your child, just the amazing life, right? It may not be spectacular to some, but to me and you, right? Like hearing your story, I'm just like, now I'm going to become one of your biggest cheerleaders because <laughs> I know because I've witnessed it from a child side, right? The the struggling mother who no matter what provided for her kids. And now, you know, my mom's looking up down there up from up in heaven, you know, looking down now going, I'm proud of you. Um, so this leads me, I, I wrote a book, same name as my podcast, right? So I like to ask my guests, what does fearless mean to you? And how does that show up in your life? Because, well, here's my thing. Most mothers, I always tell are fearless, but you know, they'll, my mom, you, and they'll tell me, no, that's not always the case, right? But what does that mean to you, uh, being fearless? And how does that show up in your life? Gosh, I think it means in spite of, um, you know, when you're when you're fearless or even courage, it doesn't mean it's there's not fear there. It doesn't right. mean that it comes without fear. Um, it's doing it in spite of the fear, um, you know, and to be to be fearless doesn't mean that you're not scared when when it's happening. Um, that's really, that's really interesting. You know, fearless means that you're less of fear, right? Right. That's what that would mean. But there is fear there, you know, and I guess in the midst of it, that you still keep pushing through, you know, in the midst of, you know, when you lay your head down at night and, you know, you start sobbing, but it's, it's after everybody else has gone to bed. You know, it's it's waking up every morning, putting this face on and the smile and that armor of God and going out into the world right. and you come back home and, you know, and, and then you're just in tears. Right. But it's it's showing up every day, every day it's showing up. And I would walk into rooms that nobody had any idea what I was going through. You know, I would walk into a room and they probably that's maybe a word they would use for me is, oh, she's fearless. And, right. you know, it's like if you only knew if you only knew the, the tears that I cry at night. Right. Right. And, and you know, you're going to get me to cry here because now I, I realize that my mom had many of those nights. Right. But she didn't want to show it to us kids. Right. Because it was her job to protect us. Right. And and like you're showing me. And my audience right now right it's okay to be vulnerable that brings me to a point right like thank you for sharing that because Brene brown who's from texas right a professor who wrote many killer books yeah. that i love but there's this one book that i i love of hers it's called you got to read it. it's called the power of vulnerability right <laughs> what you're doing now you're showing me how much power you have in this moment by sharing yourself right um and I appreciate that, right? Because some people, right, that they mean fear. What does fearless mean, right? Oh, I, I'm not afraid of anything, right? When the truth is, because I'm looking at her, right? You and I know that sometimes it's what you say, right? You you put on the armor, but at night, sometimes you got to let it out and cry and know that that was hard for you to do that day or whatever the, the day brought. So thank you for, again, for sharing your wisdom and being so vulnerable my next question now, right, is happiness. And if you could see, I put a Y in the happiness for a reason, right? And yes, I do still get people go, you spoke that wrong, Max. But um, anyway, <laughs> I did it for a reason, right? Knowing I put the Y in there, what does happiness 
mean to you? Uh, I think what I said earlier, I think it's freedom. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that comes with being able to be vulnerable. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting, you know, even when I had nothing, I was my happiest, you know, when me and the boys had nothing, I was the happiest because it was freedom. I, I was so free, you know, once, and I think it, it came from doing the work. It came from going to those hard places. And once I could, you know, forgive myself and forgive my past and let go of the shame and the guilt and all this stuff that I was carrying, it was so freeing and there was such freedom that resulted in happiness. And yeah, I, I guess that would be, be my answer. <laughs> no. And that's, uh, that's awesome. That's such a, I love it. Cause here it's funny. Cause right before we, we came on air and we did this, right. I, I was doing a group and one of the principles I was trying to get across to my clients and the people I, you know, serve is, and it's funny because the guy even said, these are three principles that anybody can live by. And you just kind of embody that through this whole uh, interview. And that's always be authentic, right? Surrender the results and do the hard work always, right? So, but those principles, like where I relate because the guy's in recovery and he learned that through the 12 steps, right? And it was put a little bit differently for me, right? Mine was always be rigorously honest, let go and let God and always do the hard work, which is those 12 steps, right? Because a lot of people don't realize, some people don't like it, but it was some of the hardest work I ever did because I had to take a look, right? When I was pointing that finger, I actually had to say, well, there's those three pointing back at me. What is my part in this, right? Wow. And you just embody yeah. that all, right? And and I think when you live by those kind of principles, right, where we're integritous and we're, we're always trying to serve others and not so much controlling the results, knowing, but if we do the work, God's going to take care of us. Like we get to live happy lives, right? And our children get to grow up uh, happy and healthy and right. So I, I have, this has been one amazing and I knew it would be one amazing interview. So I appreciate you so much. Um, but I also like to ask too, uh, thank you for those. Um, if somebody wanted to work with you still, or my audience out in Texas needs a roof. How do they get a hold of you? <laughs> um, well, they, my cell phone number is 972-838-3758. Um, my website is redbottomroofing.com. Um, you know, they're welcome to reach me at, you know, even if it's just for for talk, you know, if there's, I'm very passionate about speaking to women. Um, you know, if anybody just wanted to reach out just just to talk and, and share in, you know, if they're hurting, um, I'm definitely open for that too. It doesn't have to be business related. Um, you know, one of my favorite, favorite quotes is the cure for the pain is in the pain. And I just encourage everybody to start doing the work. And it's, it's painful that you have to go through that pain for the cure. And right. that's where you find your happiness, you know, and, and the freedom. And so, um, I, I'm just, I'm super, you know, you can ask my husband when I start talking about you know, growth and things like that. I'm like, that's where I get really passionate. You know, I, I tell people I'm, a, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not a roofer, right? A roofing is what pays the bills. And it's something that I get to build and I'm learning a lot about and I get, I'm excited about that. Right. But at the end of the day, I know who I am. I know that I'm a child of God. I know that, you know, there's so many people out there that are struggling that, 
they feel alone. They're hiding in that shame and that guilt, and they feel like they're the only one going through it, you know? And so when people meet with me and they're like, oh, still, I had no idea that you went through that. I was like, I know, you don't, you don't know my past. You don't know, but I was just like you. I was hiding in that shame and I wouldn't tell people what I went through because I was embarrassed of it. And so, so many people have to live in that darkness. And, right. you know, so I just, encourage and implore people to find somebody to talk to, reach out to me, especially women, right? We have this, you know, we, we have this fear of I've been a single mom. I've, I've dated a lot. I've dated guys that I'm not proud of. I, you know, there's, a, I've been divorced. I've been homeless. I've been all these things that, you know, that even when I started to speak up and share my testimony, you know, other people, you know, were able to come along and say, Hey, I, I'm really struggling. And, um, and just being able to, to to talk. So even if it's not roofing related, I'm just I'm open and and willing to talk to to people. Thank you so much for that, right? And thank you again for shining your light on on my podcast and um, giving some people a glimmer of hope that they're not alone, right? Because they have to understand that they're not alone, and it's why I I do this is to not to shine the light on me. It's to shine the light on you, right? And and know that. There's probably women out there that go, oh, that Silberia can help me. Sil can help me. I need to talk to her because I'm I'm going through what she went through, you know. And 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 you know by the 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 network we run with, right, or are part of, we're all about trying to help each other, lift each other up, and right. And that's the you know when I can help someone, right, I get paid beyond measure. And you know the same thing too. When you can look back and you know you help someone and you see that smile looking back at you, right? You can't put a price on that. So you just did an amazing job here today. And I love it so much. Um, so, but you're not off the hook just yet. I get to ask you one more question. <laughs> one more. I ask All my right. question. They always think, okay, we're done. Nope. I got one more question to ask you, but I think you'll like it because it goes like this. What is the one piece of advice, Sil, that you would give my audience to help them grow as a human being and become a better human being? Mm. Begin healing. Begin the healing. And even those that think that they don't need anything to heal from, oh, it's there. You know, mm. you know it's begin the healing and start that process. And, you know, there are some deep rooted things that you know, it may not be something that, you know, maybe impacted you as harshly as maybe some other people's areas that they needed to heal. But when you begin to heal yourself, it'll show up in every area of your life. You'll become just a better person. You'll become, you're, you're going to start becoming what you want to attract and it'll show up in, in parenting. It'll show up in your spousal. It'll show up, you know, in your church, your circle of friends, you know, just begin the healing. And if you're, if you're asking yourself, what do I need to heal from? Maybe you need to have some people ask some hard questions. You know, maybe you need to reflect back on that childhood, reflect back on that, you know, the, you know, when maybe you're a teenager and you're broke and you're trying to do this or that, or I, I don't know what it looks like, right? but I would just begin the healing and your whole life will transform and, and trust it and just know it's not going to be overnight just watch it show up. You know, it's the, uh, there's a good book. It's called the compound effect and just watch those little bitty things turn yeah. into something really, really big, but you have to begin the healing. Right. You got to start at the beginning, right? Thank you so much for that, Sil. And again, thank you for being such a, 
such an amazing guest today and and brightening my life today and hopefully my audience um so everybody like she said if, if sil made you think if she made you smile if she did like she did to me and brought tears to my eyes because she made me think please go to itunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find this and again until next time either have a good morning a good afternoon or a good evening and i'll talk to you later bye everybody are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles join the fearless happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the fearless happiness book to ignite your inner strength if you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma know that we are here for you visit maxnates.org m-a-x-n-i-j-s-t dot o-r-g and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness thank you for listening this has been a production of fearless happiness <laughs>